0: Hello everyone and welcome to Blended. This is a brand new show for Let's Talk Supply Chain and it's going to be a little bit different to what you've heard before. We talk a lot about the challenges facing our industry as a whole, changing technology, network complexity, surprises like COVID-19, but what we don't talk about as much is the people. The people that really drive our industry forward and specifically the underrepresented people in our industry i've been flying the flag for women in supply chain for a few years now through the podcast and some of my other endeavors but blended is going to be and it's going to go much further than that because it's not just women who are underrepresented in supply chain we need to be thinking about everybody the LGBTQ plus community, people of color, those with disabilities, and so many more, whether they're visible or hidden. To me, the word inclusive means that we need to join together to support each other, to be each other's allies, to ensure we all have a seat at the table, to make our industry the absolute best it can be. So before we get started with Blended Episode 1, What's in a Word, let's take a moment to thank our sponsors. SHIP's is a new platform bringing neutral bid and ship freight solutions to mid-market shippers. Working to simplify the complexity often found in logistics, the Ships platform closes the gap between shippers and forwarders, creating an accessible and hassle-free supply chain for all. Using insight-driven change, collaboration and a passion for better business, Ships delivers industry-leading solutions for its customers. Ships is a huge supporter of diversity and inclusion in supply chain and really excited to help close the gaps through conversation authenticity and empathy. That's why they are excited to be part of this show. Find out more at ships.com. That's S-H-I-P-Z Apex is also another sponsor of this show. Diversity and inclusion is a core value of Apex Logistics with over 80% minority employed and 42% female executive leadership. Apex understands that celebrating diversity in the workplace is vital and impactful, bringing together a variety of backgrounds and skill sets to create a strong and collaborative culture with highly skilled individuals. Our partnership with Blended emphasizes our commitment to this important principle. Visit them at apexglobe.com. So welcome to Blended. I'm joined by a group of supply chain professionals who are all representatives of different voices in our community so we can come together and have these much-needed discussions. Welcome to Holly, Greg, Hope, Matthew, and Prakash. Thanks for being the very first group of guests on our inaugural show because I'm super excited.
1: It's great to be here. Thank you. Having us. Thank you so much.
0: Awesome. So in today's episode one, what's in a word, we're going to be talking all about the language we use when when discussing diversity and inclusion. What do these words mean to us and to others? Are there right or wrong words to use? And what are the subtexts of those words? What does diversity, inclusion, and identity mean to us? It's a big topic and we're going to do our best to get right into the meat of it today. So let's take a moment. Why don't you introduce yourselves? Tell us who you are, what you do, where you're from, and what communities do you represent in supply chain? Prakash, I'm going to start with you.
2: Thank you, Sarah. So I'm uh, Prakash. I'm the co-founder and co-producer of an award-winning YouTube documentary drama about caregiving and special needs. I'm based in the UK, and I work for a multimodal logistics company, uh, the uh, foundation which I created has been running for about two years. Just highlighting uh, how disabilities, mental health, all collaborate with the corporate world, uh, which we need to talk a lot more about.
0: Awesome, Holly,
3: you're next. Hi, Sarah. First of all, thank you for having me on this sh- on this show. This is um, very important, uh, near and dear to my heart. Um, I have been in the logistics and supply chain industry now for um, a little over eleven years, uh, and I've worked at a few different uh, few different organizations, um, and have um, managed to, you know, in, in some perspectives, have d- defied odds, uh, especially as a female um, and as a minority, um, in being able to move up the ranks, um, which is becoming more and more common now and more and more acceptable, which I think is amazing. Um, but you know, this is that momentum is, um, needs to continue. And it, it's, I'm really, really glad to be on the show. Um, I'm really glad to see that there are, um, channels like this that uh, allow for us to be able to, to, um, communicate together to talk about the importance of it. So thank you.
0: Again. Yeah. So, uh, also to mention Holly is with Apex and what community are you representing today?
3: Oh, I am Asian, and uh, I'm actually specifically Korean-American, but I actually have a, 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 another um, you know, element to add to that. I'm, I'm adopted, uh, and I'm adopted into a transracial family. So, you know, that's been an interesting topic as of late as well, and I think that that one is something that, that is, is very interesting um, uh, to speak of uh, and to speak from um, firsthand perspective. So I'm glad to bring that to this, uh, to this arena.
0: Awesome. Thank you. Matthew, you're next.
1: Hi. Um, well, I can only echo what Holly said. I'm really grateful that we, there's a, a media that we can, you know, have this conversation. I think oftentimes, especially in, in the corporate world, we know that there that there's a problem, but very seldomly do we have the opportunity to actually talk about it bluntly, right? And how do how do we use that? And how do we how do we strategize around developing business even taking into consideration the difference that people you know come with um i think one of the most one of the most difficult things is the management of people and when you have so many people from different diverse backgrounds how do you put that all together and make it work cohesively efficiently and in a lean manner right all the big corporate words mean efficiency Um, (laughs) so with that in mind Uh, My name is Matthew. I am the general manager for Zanetta LLC here in the U.S. Um, And I'm originally from Chicago, actually born and raised in Chicago, good old Midwestern roots. Um, And I come from a very, very traditional Puerto Rican family. So the community that I'm representing today is the Hispanic community or the Latinx community, as well as the LGBTQIA community. Um, So again, it's a pleasure to be here. It's a pleasure to meet you all. And I look forward to this conversation.
0: We are going to get to LGBTQIA because I said plus, but you said IA, and I want to know what that means, but we're going to hold on to that for now. Hope over to you. Tell us who you are, what you do, where you're from, and what community do you represent?
4: So thank you so much, Sarah, for having me and providing this awesome platform. Um, I'm Hope White, CEO and founder of HD White Logistics, LLC, out of McDonough. Uh, we're a third-party logistics provider. We're a freight broker and freight forwarder. Um, and just have recently acquired uh, 10.65 acres of land for container and yard storage to support the Georgia Port Authority in Savannah, Georgia. Um Just like most of my colleagues here, I have been in supply chain for about six years. My background is Home Depot uh, logistics and then transitioning into my own business. Some of the experiences that I have um, encountered, of course, is women not being able to climb Uh, in promotion roles inside of the supply chain. Um, But since coming into my own business, that has since carried over not only to women trying to get growth opportunities with suppliers and and being recognized as just as valid as some of my male counterparts, but being that I'm a black female representing the African-American community it's just as difficult in the transportation industry to uh, be seen as just as sufficient as some of my competitors. So I am excited to be here um, and just really show that some of us diverse suppliers have to jump through so many hoops just to get a small slither of the pie.
0: Yes, they do. I'm Mm -hmm. so excited for you to be here. Now, last but not least, Greg White. I mean, most people might know who you are from Supply Chain Now, but tell us who you are, what you do, where are you sitting right now, and what community do you represent?
5: (laughs) Yeah, uh, Greg White. Um, So I'm uh, obviously with Supply Chain Now, now, and also uh, with a company called uh, Kubera Venture Capital. So I come out of the tech industry, uh, I've been in Supply Chain, hope unlike Hope, not six years, closer to two decades, and that's all I'm admitting to. (laughs) Um, And uh, I've been a practitioner. I've been a tech provider. I have been, um, obviously, a media personality. um, And I have seen and experienced from the other side a lot of what we're going to talk about here. Um, Though I do have a fairly diverse background, I'm not going to say that I necessarily represent it, but I'll share it with you in a a little bit. But um, I am, I'm frankly proud to finally be the token in a group. I am the token old white man in this group. (laughs) Um, And and I represent, I'd I'd like to say that I represent, um, what I represent is fathers of daughters. I have three daughters who hope to get the same opportunities in, in um, the business world that, uh, that everyone else, people like me, have. Um, I, do, I do come from a single parent family, and uh, my mother experienced a lot of that. I have worn the 59-cent T-shirts at, at National Organization for Women uh, outings before. So I, I have a, I'd say I have a decent empathy for this, but I'm always willing to learn.
0: Yeah, awesome. Well, glad that you guys are all here. And we've got representation from all over supply chain. So let's get started. This episode is about what's in a word. And it's, you know, I've had this discussion with a lot of people in various different formats What words can we use? What words can't we use? Or maybe what words have an impact that we don't even realize is an impact. So let's get down to it and really talk this out and sort of figure it out. I know we're not going to, you know, um, figure out the world today but we can at least figure it out one word at a time. So let's start at the beginning because like, do we even like the word minority? I've had a lot of discussions with a lot of different people. People are using the word minority. Some people don't like the word minority. Is it the right word to use?
4: So, I probably could start off the conversation with that um, as that word is so highly attached to who I am as a business owner um, and in society as well. Um, I personally don't have a problem with the word minority. I don't consider myself one. Um, so, it's not a, con- it's not a um, condescending uh, word when you apply it to me. However, it has been very beneficial to be considered a minority with um mm. customer opportunities so no i don't i don't see it as a challenge for me or my business
0: okay yeah because some people you know say that by adopting that word are we allowing ourselves to be treated like second class citizens
1: can i'm i um, sorry hope i didn't mean to oh, you, oh you're good you're good um so you know, when I, when I was thinking about this word for, you know, when you originally sent the email, we were talking about, well, what word should we be thinking about? And as I was processing this word, at first I didn't have a problem with it because I always said, well, you know, I'm Hispanic. Um, Spanish is my native language. I don't know many people, at least in corporate America, that do speak Spanish as well as I do, you know, at least. Um, and so, and I'm also gay, right? So clearly I am, I am the oddball in the group often, especially working in corporate America right? Um, my previous employment was at a huge publicly traded company, and I, it was rare to find people that were like me. Um, and so naturally, I kind of assumed the role of the minority until I really started to understand what does minority mean and, and how, do, how do we interpret that, right? Because the word minority, from a mathematical perspective, it's less than half of the whole, right? And so when I thought of that, I was like, well, sure, the name or the, the title or the, the, you know, the label that it's given, it's, it comes in, in a way that it's, it's not offensive in itself, but it's the processing on our end that is destructive. Yeah. Yeah. So That's is, exactly right. Yeah. It's the, the less part. So less, mm-hmm. less than the half of the whole. So mm-hmm. if we put it down for a quick moment, the whole, well, what is the whole, Right. I don't know. I can't pinpoint my finger on what the hole is. All I know is that I'm labeled as less than half of that, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know? And so even though I personally, I don't take it with me and I, and listen, I'm the kind of person that I, I see a challenge and I say, I'm not just going to work at a good company. I'm going to work at the best company, if not create it. So I don't see, I don't see that as a challenge for me because I'm, I'm going to fight it. However, as a, as a, as a child growing up and, you know, even trying to find myself, finding that sense of self understanding that there's a reason why I feel the way I do. And it's because you still feel like you're less than half of that
3: whole. Yeah. Yeah, yeah for sure. And you know, growing up, gosh, being a kid is, is tough you know, as in, it doesn't matter where you are, where you're, where you're growing up, just being a kid is tough and, you know, dealing with um, um, just the, the nuances of, of, adolescence and and childhood and then trying to find yourself like you were talking about. And then bringing that into a, a, um, as you, as you grow up, bringing that into like like a corporate environment and then kind of redefining who it is that you are and who who am I here? Am am I, as you said, uh, less than a whole or am I just part of this whole? It's a two different, it's two different ways of looking at
0: it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it makes a difference in mental health too, right? Yeah. Because yeah. if you're using that word and, you know, it is less than, it, te- it, it takes a toll on your mental health. Prakash, I don't know if you want to jump in here.
2: Yeah, I mean, similar to what has already been mentioned, uh, it's, it's just one of those things. Why do we need to, to use a word which is as powerful as minority to create a label on, on a person and individual community? The end. Day we're humans, right? Yeah. We all strive to to attain certain goals or achievements that we set out for ourselves. So it shouldn't make a difference what our culture is, our background, where we're from, all these small little things. But human nature inherently likes to add labels to to segregate. Similar to how we were in school. Okay, you're in say the top grade for, for maths or for science, or you're you're in the sports club or you're not. Why we you're either good at it or you need a bit more practice at it. So it's it's changing the mindset. And I think from such a young age, because we are so used to having those labels put on us, rightly or wrongly, it plays a part on our mental health. So we mm-hmm. start thinking that, okay, are we not good enough to maybe be in, in that upper class? Or are we not good enough to be with that circle of friends or that circle of people? And it's within that, literally that moment, where a notion as a child is formed that, okay, if it happens once, maybe you can get over it. If it happens twice, three times they start thinking about and then actually, am I not supposed to be in this group? And what happens is more often than not, the the person goes into their shell because they think, Okay, that's something I'm not <coughs> supposed to be part of, therefore I'm never gonna attain to try and be part of it. Yeah. And it's it's something very uh, familiar to myself because I was the same, but it's only out of my journey through through the work that, that I do. And uh, we'll go into that later where I start challenging things and said, you know what, I am who I am. This is me. I want to get into that group. And the more I challenge myself to get into that group, the minute I got into that group, is this all it is? Okay, let me go to the next group and let me go to the next group. To the extent that, yeah, it, it may ruffle a few feathers because people are not used to it. But did anyone ever think that the globe will be going through what it is now? No. But mm. it takes people to start believing in themselves to create that, that shift for humanity in the right direction and for whatever group, culture, community that we're all representing. I mean, mm. I'm from an Asian background uh, where mothers from Malaysia, fathers from India. So two very diverse Ways of thinking, born in the UK, why does that make me any different? If anything, I enhance the experience that I've been given yeah. and use it to break down these barriers.
3: You know, yeah. you actually kind of bring up a, an interesting point with what you just said that you, not you necessarily, but, you know, people will strive for what they think is the best or they think is that other, that other class, right? And I think that there's a, a distinct divide between the perception of that is do you, do you want to be the best of you or do you want to be the best of what everybody else says is the best, right? Yeah, and there is, a, there, there is a push to either of these and neither of them are wrong by any means. And I don't think that they're mutually exclusive either. I think that you can be the best of you and still strive to be the best academically, Um, you know, whatever class without saying, Hey, I want to be more, I mean, I think the only, uh, the only ridiculous concept would be, I want to be a totally different color, right. Or a totally different race. But I mean, some people do have those things and that's very, very sad. Um, but (coughs) is it wrong to be pursuing those, those concepts or to, to be pursuing those things? Is it, is, is society telling us that we need to be, um, owning who we are and be proud of who we are? Or are they telling us strive for more and better? And what is that? It's, it's an interesting concept.
0: Yeah. And I think that's where the labels come in, right?
3: Is yeah. that we've like.
0: got to squash these labels. And so if we aren't using those labels, what words are we using instead to talk about the underrepresented, like even underrepresented communities. Like, I don't even know if that's the right word. I've been using it in here because I, I don't want to use the word minority all over the place. So what are we using? Are we abolishing? Or should we be abolishing labels altogether? What does that look like? Greg, I don't know if you want to step in here.
5: Oh yeah. Um, so I think when I look, when I think about this panel, I think about what a ridiculous notion minorities is because we have to think about, I mean, I think it's time to think about the world on a global um, scale. And, and if you think about the, glo- the world on a global scale, I am a minority, right? There are far more Chinese than any of us, all combined virtually, right? Uh, in Indian, of course, is a huge culture uh, and, and nationality worldwide, right? So um, it, in Africa... I'm a minority. Um, so I think we have to think about that from a different perspective. And really what you have to, th- what, look, I can't say what you have to think about. This is this is the way that I try to think about it. I try to think about whether you allow a word or someone's perception of that word to define you or you don't. I think about uh, a ton of things. So first of all, I didn't know that my family was Native American until I was almost 50 years old because my wow. father, it was uncool in, in the 70s when I was a kid to be an Indian,
0: right?
1: Mm-hmm.
5: Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's funny also, by the way, if you look at my father, speaking of stereotypes, he, it's undeniable that he is Native wow. American. He's six foot wow. four. He's got this nose, um, high cheekbones, dark skin, <laughs> doesn't grow facial hair, all of those things. Wow. So, Um, but it, but it, it was, so that's really the only thing I can really relate to. And yet here I am, light skin, blue eyes, lighter colored hair. I mean, six foot two, I have the ultimate advantages. I definitely acknowledge that. But I also think that it's important because of that knowledge, not to be defined by a word or, or even how somebody says it, right? I think about how I think about the confusion created by for instance uh, friends that I have by how people say or how or what people mean by calling someone a Mexican or a Latino or a Hispanic and how much confusion that creates in the community and this is and I, uh, my personal position I take from my friends who say to hell with those people that's their problem how they use that word is their problem. How you identify with and own that is, is your privilege, your honor, your whatever. So personally, my family has never really cared whether they're called Indians or Native Americans. Um, and I probably struggle with it more than those who are more um, more Native American than the rest of my rest of my family, though I have to say I am 64 times more Native American than a recent presidential candidate, so. <laughs> um,
3: <laughs> you said something, though, it was interesting, so, you said, yeah. yeah, you said like you, that you almost have, it seemed like you have apologized for mm-hmm. being light-skinned, I know, did anybody else notice that? Yeah,
5: yeah. well, I do feel that way. And right now, it's not a, I mean, I have to confess, I've had this conversation with several people. It's not terribly popular to be an older white man right now. And there are certain certain presumptions made about you because of that, that you have a certain position or a certain viewpoint. And and having had this discussion with Tandria Bellamy, who (coughs) is um, a friend of mine and who was a former uh, senior executive at UPS, she's a black female uh, executive. And she said, I don't claim to speak for all black females or all black people or all uh, executives. Right. Um, So it's um, and that's the way I feel. I don't I don't know the opinion of all older white men or white people in general. Right. We were all raised, I think, so differently. So but you're right. I mean, there is a lot of that well, and
0: it, yeah, well, that, and that's comes,
5: the only way that I can empathize yeah. is I do have some of what you've described as what is my place and where should I um, engage? Right. What are my rights?
0: But also in conversations, you know, you just uh, kind of apologized for it, but also in conversations, you know, what what we're you're, we're kind of at that point where what words can we use and what words can't we use? right? Like if I use the word minority, am I going to get crucified for that? If I'm using, you know, whatever word, like it's, there's confusion out there as how we should be talking about.
5: Undoubtedly.
0: And that's why we're doing this today. Hope, I think you had something that you wanted to throw in there.
4: Yeah, so I have two things. Um, First thing, I'm spot on with um, Greg. As I stated earlier, um, my background, my family history, how I was raised was um, it's not what you call, what you're called, but what you answer to. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that has defined me, although I face challenges in supply chain, trying to promote and now in my business, trying to grow as fast as some of my competitors. I still have not let that waver who I am as a person and who I am as a business owner because ultimately I'm not trying to be like Coyote. I'm trying to be like HD White Logistics. I'm not trying to be like Uber Freight who has secured so much venture capital um, be, because they're tech-based. Um, and $500 million more. And $500 million.
3: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> for Final Mile.
4: You know, I'm not trying to be those entities. So you saying... HD White Logistics is a minority-owned company, I'm leveraging that opportunity to get into those conversations. But ultimately, I'm not seeing it as a failure or being lumped into a category because my own upbringing taught me I am who I am. Mm -hmm. Um, That's just it. I don't see Um, Yes, there are color lines out here. There are, you know, the current climate with Black Lives Matter, um, police brutality, and then, you know, the current political uh, presidential candidates going on. So, yes, all of those things are fueling words. Like, for example, they took Aunt Jemima off syrup, I grew up with Aunt Jemima. I didn't mm. feel like that. Like was, I don't know.
0: I don't know if syrup is without Aunt. J- I don't know what syrup is without Aunt Jemima. I mean,
4: yeah. <laughs> what are you well, going to? First take, of uncle? all, I'm a
5: log cabin person, so <laughs> I don't really have a dog in this fight.
4: So are you um, going to take? Are you going to take Uncle Ben off rice now? Or are you going to take? You know, I think
5: they did. Uncle,
0: they did. They oh, yes. did.
5: Wow. Like are, also. Also, the Indian girl is off of Landa Lakes. Oh,
4: God. Uh, it's so but, horrible.
5: Hey, can, well, so uh, I think we can get our knickers in a twist about things like this. But mm-hmm. the truth is let's face yeah. it, that's corporate America. Correct. And they are responding to a predominant viewpoint right now. Right. Mm-hmm. And as soon as that viewpoint changes, they'll go right back to where they were. And right. I, I, I got to tell you, and and Matthew, you're you're from Puerto Rico, and I have a ton of F- Puerto Rican friends. In fact, uh, the owners of de Barilito are close family friends of ours. So, um, which is great rum. Not <laughs> that this is an advertisement, but um, the three star is particularly good. Uh, but anyway. Um, they that I see a lot of conflagration about what position you take to try to get favor with the government in Puerto Rico, and I think that things like that we have to rise above we have to rise above politics, we have to rise above government, we have to rise above um, current popular opinion even or current narrative because in the end, you remain who you are, regardless of who that is, and again. That current narrative or that government um, or, that, or that popular t- discussion or, or viewpoint does not define you any more now than it ever has before. Mm-hmm. Now, yep. what it does, I think, is it creates awareness because this whole term, this whole minorities term, I had never really even thought about that word until mm-hmm. I got slammed by another. I, I didn't, but a, an organization that I work with got slammed by another media personality who who sort of targets that kind of stuff and tries to create disruption in the marketplace. Mm-hmm. Um and and then I became aware of it and I thought, hey, okay, if it's offensive then we call it something else. But
0: well and that's that's one of the reasons why I wanted to talk about this today. Matthew, did you want to jump in and then I'm gonna talk to Hope a little bit about words. Yeah.
1: So I think before, in going back to your main question, what word do we use, right? Mm-hmm. And hearing a little bit from everyone, I'm, I'm starting to, like, I have my brain going at 50 miles an hour. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm, you know, one thing that I, I, I I'm a big sticker for is understanding where we are and why we're here, right? Why do we, why does society have this binary perspective? And, and it's always going to be binary no matter where you go, because at the end of the day, it's you're in my group or you're not, yeah. right? And no matter what group you pertain to, you're either in my group or you're not. And that is a very primitive way of thinking because how do you think we survived all these years? We needed to think that way to protect. right. Right? And so now we find ourselves in a place where it's another another stage of evolution for us. Mm -hmm. So before we can develop the language for it, we need to understand why did we get here, right? And now, now that we understand that, okay, we, we have a tendency to think in this binary perspective, how do we start to say, well, maybe maybe it's not one or the other, right? Because, and again, I'm, I'm a numbers data guy, so I think about pie charts, right? If we're thinking, you know, the way in, in the U.S. right now, it's you have your pie chart, and let's say a quarter of that is minority, and then 75% of that is white, right? Let's just say that one. But then you have the other pie chart where it's a quarter that is um minority and 75% of that is male. That's the perspective, right? So how, how do we challenge that? Right. So one thing that I would, I would love for us to start thinking about is let's not put a label on it. Let's Mm -hmm. not put a title on it. Let's just call it a person. Let's just call it people. So
3: so could we, could we say that in 2020, it's almost been kind of a digression in this, in this um, um, push, this recent push this year to, Bring uh, visibility and exposure to uh, minority you know oppression and all these things by doing so have we almost digressed by bringing back these labels?
1: Yes, I would say so because at the end of the day it 's going back to that primitive thought process of saying you belong and you don 't belong right no matter no matter what you do and no matter what, where you 're from there's always going to be that stigma of I can relate to this and I can't relate to you. So why don't we break that wall and say, you're a person and I'm a person. It's not, you know, Prakash is from the UK and I'm from the U S no, we're just two people having a conversation, two people living on this earth that belongs to no one. Right. right. And like, but, but we're so fixated on having this same perspective of, well, you know, it's either he's in my friend group or he's not in my friend group or we, we're from the same ethnicity or we're from the same country or we're in the same class. You know, every yeah. single thing, it's it's human nature to boil it down to the most, you know, the simplistic version and saying it is or it isn't. Because that's how we've been trained to survive for, you know, how many thousands upon years, right? That's right. It's, yeah.
5: it's lizard brain. It literally, in some cases, is outside of our control. It is a subconscious whatever you want to call it, um, scientific response, right?
0: Yeah, I was just going to do a deeper dive into some of the, the words that we use because we've we've got a lot to get to on this episode, and I think we've had a really good and robust discussion about the word minority. So, Prakash, I'm going to start with you. You're very involved in the disability sector. We use words like handicap or disabled. Are we using the right terms, and how does that part of the community identify?
2: Interesting question. I- <laughs> Me personally growing up with two siblings who have special needs, variances of special needs, it's it's something which I didn't take too comfortably with. Obviously as as a child I was still trying to figure out the ever evolving world of a kid on top of this. Uh, but (coughs) it's also culturally stated, right? So in some countries we would use terminologies like handicapped, disabled, whereas in other countries that say maybe intellectually enabled and unable so it's it really depends country to country but i think generically it it also comes back to similar to what matthew and greg said is this whole terminology of using labels they are a person they probably don't fit your your average status quo but which human being on the planet does what yeah. is the rule book that says a female from from this country has to conform to this height, this weight, this size, uh, as well as for men. There's there's absolutely no rule book, and the disability community feel exactly the same. Now, in the past, they've stated, well, if you're disabled or if you're intellectually challenged, then you are never going to be a success. Newsflash, 2020, there is a handful, if not more, of really successful people who've got, say, dyslexia, who've got disabilities, Down syndrome, there's numerous cases in in the U.S. of some really successful people challenging the status quo by saying, hey, you've said I can't do it, I'm doing it, I'm on the front of Forbes, or I'm in these well-known article brands, so if I can do it, it empowers the rest of the community. And that's
1: all it's about.
3: I wonder if that that though creates uh, almost a gosh, it's almost like a very difficult challenge for balancing, providing um, special needs or handicap, whatever you want to call it, with the additional support that they require or need to move forward without creating that label or without harnessing that label. It's like, what what do you call this? Yeah, exactly.
2: And then, again, it, it... it all reverts back to stereotype that we're all raised in a certain way that we understand the minute it challenges that we, we naturally start panicking. It's a human nature. There's nothing right or wrong with that, but it's just some people are able to deal with it a little better, maybe a little quicker, which is why they're able to go up that scale.
3: Yeah. I know
2: yeah. someone who, who his entire family term around told him you will never be anything great. You're just going to be sitting at home. You're not going to do much. He's got down syndrome. he, He's recently become a coach of a local football club, and that's that's his passion. Now he's teaching and training kids, uh, boys as well as girls, on how to play football.
0: Awesome! It's awesome. I think that goes
5: beyond
2: a word of exactly. definition. Turned around and said, "You will never be anything."
0: Yeah, that
5: that is dangerous.
0: That is. I dangerous. think
5: that goes beyond a word of description or definition of disabled or special needs or or handicapped or whatever you call it that's the kind of language we need to change is that I mean it it sounds trite to say it but sticks and stones will break my bones but words will never define me and and I I think if people take that perspective and they don't they don't try to interpret the words or they don't try to interpret somebody's point of view because of what they look like regardless of what they look like right I, I bet I bet some of you probably had a preconceived notion of what I might think coming into this, right? I, I, I think I think I see that all the time anyway. Um, I have been called by someone who is decidedly for helping out, whatever we want to call it, underrepresented groups. She said, you can't relate because you're an old white man. And if that's not the antithesis of what we're trying to accomplish here I think it is I like Matthew's word person right I mean when when I was young the word that we were we were was drilled into our mind over and over again was prejudice never judge someone by what they look like or where they come from or how they talk or my parents were hippies, how long their hair is or, or whatever, right? I mean, you get to know the person and you get to know that. And I think even among these words that where we try to be inclusive, I think there's even danger. I often wonder, you know, I mean, in, in Wichita, Kansas, where I come from, we had a huge Vietnamese population. We would never have thought of calling them Asians, I mean, if you think about it, how many countries make up the continent of Asia, including Russia, right, um, and India? But by Asians, we generally mean people from East and Southeast Asia. And I think that sort of muddies the water. And I'm a little bit sad when it, you know, when Holly is known as an Asian, not as a, a Korean American or Korean or whatever, because they are distinctly different,
0: different, yeah. different
5: cultures, distinctly and dramatically Malaysia versus Singapore, even though they are neighbors distinctly different.
0: Yeah. Right. Yeah. So Holly, yeah. I'm going to turn that one over to you from, from a standpoint, is there terminology that we like is Asian, I guess, you know, from what Greg said, Asian is really not the right word. Is there terminology well, I don't that get to kind determine of impacts that, you one over the other or.
3: Well, it's interesting that you, that you ask this question because the term "asian" actually doesn't offend me um, the the term to me it's a descriptive term it's, you know that, that's where um, technically I mean, Korea is part of Asia, so you know but I also may be a poor example um, of you know the entire um, Asian culture, if you will, because I also come from a different background and upbringing in that I was adopted into a white family, right, is in a transnational field. So I had a, a different upbringing than maybe somebody who, well, obviously, is that somebody who may have um, moved here and our first generation, right? Um, and then they grew up in that culture, or, they, or they're or maybe even second generation, and they grew up with very traditional um, Asian culture. So um, there are definitely words uh, that would incite some negativity and and we've all kind of seen how recently the um there's been just with the covid crisis you know there's been some negativity towards uh asians and the the old i can't even believe it's still it it came back i thought it was gone in middle school people were like oh anybody who looks asian must be chinese (laughs) and then (laughs) therefore it's a china you know this virus is, is, is our problem, you know, but I'm also, I'm also older. um, And I recognize um, that that's ignorance. I've been, I've personally been dealing with prejudice, if you will, against my culture. I mean, probably where I grew up um, against me and my race for a long time. And I I mean, I, I dealt with it a lot when I was, when I was in school. Uh, to the point where I actually was on a news (laughs) uh, station or if you will, on news um, where it was specifically talking about people bullying um, uh, on race in school, middle school. And um, you know, it, it's, I think it partly depends on on your age, um, your maturity level. For me, a word is not going to so much offend me as it is going to tell me how ignorant that person is, that other right. you know, that uh, that other person. And but that again, that comes with that comes with age. So when we're talking about it in the corporate environment, I take that maturity with me there, um, and I can laugh it off. But at the same time, at the same time, I also recognize where the legal boundaries are, right? And it's not legally okay. To to um, be biased or make decisions based on based on race or color, and so my race, color, gender, you know, anything, um, and so I mean, for me, like I said, become coming from the Asian perspective, um, but again, I come from like the Asian adopted, grew up in a in a very white community perspective. Um, I can say that there are. Uh, terms like I mean I guess I'll just go ahead and say them like like goop chink stuff like that that have been mm. used and hurled at me um told back to go back to my own country I can't even tell you how many times and I just tell them What's okay the fine, worst? I'll just go. yeah I, well I just tell them you know okay I'll just go around the corner because I I'm from this country. I know, but that should never
0: (laughs) be said. That should never be said. And I think from what you're saying right now too, is that assumption is ignorance. And so we've got to really take out that assumption that you know somebody and you know their background just by the color or, you know, of their skin or what have you and have, have a conversation with that person, communicate with that person, find out a little bit more about them and not be, um, not have assumptions. So Matthew over to you for LGBTQ. You said, I, a, I said, plus, which one is it?
1: Um, LGBTQ plus works. Um, because okay. typically we, we will say LGBTQIA, um, but you know, there's more letters after that, by the way. So oh, there is. Yeah, there's second. I mean, we continue adding and adding and adding and adding. Okay. Um, which you know, it doesn't go with the rhetoric that I was just saying earlier in terms of like I don't like the label, but it you know, there's the label, right? Um, and so I think understanding the LGBTQIA is a little bit more. Um, I don't know. I just I think it's just easier and just more socially accepted. Instead of the plus? Yeah, I mean, it, not that it, it's not derogatory to say plus at all. Okay. I mean, it's not offend anyone. Forgive um, me,
3: what is it? What are, What's the yeah. I and A? What yeah. is the I state? I state. is intersex, and
1: then A is asexual.
3: What, Wait, what's the on? I? Intersex. Okay, okay, got it.
1: Yeah. Mother
4: um, is asexual?
1: Yeah.
5: Okay. Um, That's what happens when you've been married for 30 years. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, that,
0: that's, that's what the letters are for, so. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay, so, so we want to say LGBTQIA, but we can also say LGBTQ+, plus because you said that there's also a lot of other letters after that. Yeah. So yeah, either one is kind of fine. Yeah, that's fine. Okay. Are there any words that are harmful that really shouldn't be used that people use on a regular basis that you're kind of like, Mm, that you kind of like cringe at and be like, come on, guys, let's not use that word.
5: Do we mean other than the obviously offensive ones or?
0: Yes, yeah. other than obviously offensive ones that, you know, people may use, but don't realize that they're offensive. I think the whole point of this conversation too yeah. is to also figure out words that people are using that they think are fine, mm-hmm. but yeah. may be impactful.
2: Yeah. I think it's also the context for which they're using it with it. I mean, it's that same old narrative of that if someone says that that person is from the LGBTIA community, I had to write that down, uh, or they're they're from Asia or they're from America or they're disabled. But what does that mean? Okay, you're from America, great. But what is an American or what is it to be disabled? Right. It's the label. So it's more about how not only it lands, but also the context for which that word or those words are being used. Because on its own, it makes no difference.
0: Yeah. It's a word. Yeah. But so,
2: it's, the real uh, breakdown that a lot of people have or communities have is more the context and the, the narrative for which it's being added to. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. So, Matthew, yeah. are there are there any terms that people are using – regularly that maybe shouldn't be used?
1: I mean, there are, I wouldn't say words per se. There are a few words that I hear actually quite a bit that, um, you know, I naturally I'm just like, well, that's probably not the most educated word to use. So let's. not. Nah. Um,
0: <laughs> that's a nice way to put it. <laughs> right?
1: um, but like, I, I hear a lot, you know, like tomboy is one of those words that can be quite offensive to people. Mm. You no. Know? Um, tranny is another word that's really offensive, you know. And people and people have always used that. And I even have people in my friend group that will still use that word because growing up in Chicago, yeah, you said it, you know, and it was okay, and it, it was just part of the dialect. Or even the word transvestite is really offensive. To so what people. do
0: you say? Wow. Transgender. It's oh, a- transgender. transgender. Okay, transgender. got
1: it. I thought those were different things. No, no. So we're we're talking. You're, we're thinking cross-dressing, right? Because you have a cross-dresser, you have, then you also have the art form of drag, and then you also have transgender, you know? And right. so the that the LGBTQIA community have done is they, they have started to break down that binary. And that's why you hear this word, I'm non-binary. You hear it a lot in our community specifically because it's embracing all of it. If I, wanna, if I wanted to go out dressed in six-inch heels and a, and a miniskirt, why not? I that doesn't change anything about me as a person. That doesn't change the fact that I, I I'm still really business oriented and I love talking money. You know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't remove that that toxic heteronormative masculinity that I have, right? Or the idea. Um, and so it's breaking down these barriers. So when you call, when like a transvesta is it's really offensive. Um, huh. And coming back to saying like, someone's either transgender or maybe they're cross dressing or maybe they're a drag queen, and <laughs> One thing that I, have, that I teach a lot and even to my, my, uh, my team and my company in general, you know, there's a really big misconception on, oh, that person's a drag queen. Well, before I got into business, I was, a, I was an opera singer. So to put this like for like, I'm not an opera singer every time I'm walking in the street. Opera is an art form. It's, it's theater. It's, a play. it's like a play, fully sung. Drag is also just a performance. So calling someone a drag queen just because they may be dressed in a certain way—that's not the heteronormative—that's also offensive because you, then you're 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 not valuing the art form that is drag, and you know, that's like saying you're, you know devaluing an opera singer or or somebody who works in the theater or you know it's it's understanding the differences between it all. But I think what we bump into more often in this community is the is the expressions that we use, right? So sometimes, and I, I used to hear this a lot in my last job, you know, oh, but he's an admitted homosexual. Admitted? <laughs> what? <laughs> admitted? Wow. Okay. Um, I've also heard the gay agenda. As what? If, what? No, say like, that again. A gay, a, a gay agenda. Right? So I, I used to hear this a lot. Or even like the gay lifestyle. Mm. I'm sorry, going to the opera and going to, you know, to see the Cubs play. That, that's, that's a lifestyle, right? What, what does that have to do with, with who I am and what I do, right? Yeah.
5: I think that goes back to the old notion that it was a lifestyle choice. Right,
1: exactly. Right? Well, it's still very much there. Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm. Well, I'm learning here that I need to do some more, like, research. Yeah. Because I, I would not have known all of these. Yeah. Like, at oh. all. Sarah,
4: yeah. let me let me jump in here. Let me give you some words from the Black community. Well,
0: so I was just about to get <laughs> to you because I I definitely want to talk about that as well because you know we've got person of color, we've got Black, we've got Afri- African American. I mean, there's a lot of different words that we're hearing right now, mm-hmm. and we want to be using the right ones. So, hope jump in here and let us know.
4: So, definitely more so than the obvious word that's often used uh, in the community to be condescending towards black people.
0: Yeah.
4: Um, and black people use it as themselves. Other than that obvious words, um, sometimes in my previous workspace, I've been called a girl, a gal. Um, they, those people, um, you people, you people. I've
5: heard that. Oh.
4: Um, your that's your. It's it's always like separating, um, me in the conversation, um, and then boxing me into a group of people. Like uh, Prakash said, it yeah. is very demeaning and it's very hurtful in that moment. Um, because ultimately, as a black woman, I'm proud as who I am. Um, my heritage and my culture. And I'm never trying to be like a white male or an Asian or a Hispanic. I am Black. That's who I am. Um, But some words and some terms, whether they're used in a certain context or not, are often used to separate you Mm -hmm. um, in those conversations and in those interactions. Um, I think... There can be more work and more research to do- be done to understand that everyone is not wanting to be black. Someone, some may identify as just American. Mm-hmm. Some may identify as African American. Some may identify as Black American. But that research needs to be done in these spaces versus just saying "you people." Yeah, I was born in America. <laughs> I was born in West Palm Beach, Florida at St. Mary's Hospital, okay? And to truth be told, if you want to send me back to my country, you are sending me back to Third and Tamarind in West Palm Beach. That's what I mean. I mean I'm Eventually not going. Everyone's
5: going there. Don't we all retire to Florida? Yeah.
4: <laughs> I'm not going anywhere. You know, I have dreams and I hope have aspirations of going to Kenya, going to Johannesburg, going to Cape Town, South Africa. I do want to go to those countries, but it's not going to be because you feel like that's where I'm from. Truth be told, Africa funds the world. Mm. Okay. We have a lot of resources there. So I think people need to understand that when you're saying some of these hurtful words, you're actually empowering some black people to where we want to say, okay, let me show you who we really are. We're beyond those words and those titles.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So do we, do we use person of color? Do we use black? Use black. Okay. Call it what it is. I'm black. Okay.
4: All right, and that's fair,
0: and that's why I wanted to ask you today, right, because there's a lot of confusion out there, and people, they want to be respectful, and, you know, they have, most of the time, they have good intentions, right? they just don't necessarily know that maybe the words that they're using at the moment, you know, are not the right terms or not the right words, so we need to educate people as to what words we should be using and what words we shouldn't, so... I think, you know, we've, we've seen that we, as a group and in this discussion, we can move the needle forward on some right. of the words and including the word minority, right? Um, we've shared that maybe underrepresented might be a better word, or maybe we slash minority altogether. But what we also have more control over and what we've been talking about is, you know, that we're in charge of our own identities, And so, Greg, I'm going to send this one over to you because I think this is a really interesting topic because names given to minority groups have changed over the years. People become both more educated, more open to change, but it's often spun into a negative light to keep, you know, minority groups in another status. So, for example, who's heard a sentence like, first they were called black, now they want to be called people of color, I can't keep up. Right now, everybody yeah. has their hands up Definitely. because we're all hearing this right now. Right. Is that something that you can identify with, Greg? Because I know you and I have had that conversation. And then Hope, I want to send it over to you. What are your thoughts on that? Is it just another way to undermine and not be able to control identity?
5: So, uh, yeah, I hate that question. First of all, I, know. I, I, I can't, uh, I don't really But we have under- to bring
0: it up. Yeah, no, no, no. Yeah. I don't
5: mean, I don't, I don't hate that you asked it. I oh, hate it when people ask that question. Yes, and I can't keep you. up. Yeah. I, and I think, um, oh, I think you all know that you're going to get what I think. Right. So, <laughs> um, so <laughs> I, I want to give you, I want to give you a quick example. One of my co-founders at Blue Ridge, one of my previous companies is black um, and he and I went to Europe. We went to the UK uh, for a business meeting and that sort of thing. Yeah. Oh, by the way, we were at uh, Lord's Cricket Ground Prakash in the in the Lord space bubble thing. Yeah.
3: yeah.
5: Um and when when we were over there, his brother called him and said, do they have a lot of African Americans in England? And he said and and Mike said, none. There are zero African Americans in England. Mm-hmm. They, ha- they have plenty of black people, mm-hmm. but there are no African Americans, and I think it was—it was—that was was an interesting awakening for me, as to how confusing this language becomes. Whether you are in a particular community Mm -hmm. and of a particular community, or you're uh, uh, out of it or observing it or whatever, Um, and having had this this experience on a very small scale again, whether you're a Native American or an Indian, I get why it happens. It happens because. Even the term black becomes derogatory and then person of color becomes derogatory and minority becomes derogatory and, and people start to feel bad about being called this thing because they feel like being defined as a certain thing makes them, uh, defines them in that derogatory way. And that's where I think this is where I would go with it. Again, I'm not preaching to anyone here, right? But this is where I would go with that is F them,
0: mm-hmm.
5: however they use that term, mm-hmm. right? That's their problem. That mm-hmm. they see, you, see it as a derogatory term to call you one thing or another. That is that person's problem, not yours. Identify, Hope, I really appreciate that you want to identify as black because that is a universal term globally. Mm-hmm. You don't have to say I'm an African African if you're in mm-hmm. Africa.
3: Right? <laughs> That's <is> true. <laughs>
5: <laughs> uh, I mean, you're, right. you're just black. I'm right. just predominantly I'm white, I'm just, right? And and I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I think that you you de-escalate the power of the derogatory use of mm-hmm. those words when you when you own them and you define yourself as them. Yeah. unapologetically. Mm-hmm. Yes, right. Yeah. And You got to own your identity.
0: That's right. That's right. what you're saying is own that identity. What is that for you? And you're mm-hmm. going to own it, but you have to communicate it. Mm-hmm. As well. and, and
5: you're and you're going to define, you're going to define, and, and you're going to clearly understand mm-hmm. some of the people that you're going to deal with in your life by doing that.
4: Mm-hmm. By, mm-hmm. by people
5: who insist so on calling you something else or... Yep. Or using that term, whatever that term is that you identify in a derogatory way, that still doesn't reflect on you. Right. That reflects on them, right. and you have the choice to eject those people from your life. Mm-hmm. To recognize that person is too ignorant or bigoted or stupid for me to continue to deal with. So they're yeah. out. Yeah. Hope. Yeah. I just want to add something Hope. onto that. Correct.
2: So when you're having these conversations, not just you personally, I think there's something that's affected all of us here on the panel, as well as externally conversations we may hear, especially when traveling, that when we are called a term, or when we hear a group of people who are referred to certain things, even though we know it's wrong or we know it's probably not the right context to use it in, rather than just taking it on the chin, can we not stop and just have that little bit of a conversation? Even if it's a two-minute conversation, say, hey, there's nothing right or wrong about it. But just so you're clear that maybe in this country, this is how it's referred to. Right. Or for me. Or for if me. Just or said for if me. hope goes to South Africa or if hope goes to Asia, she's not going to be called African-American or whatever. She's just hope. And that's how it should be. Right. So yeah. just having those conversations. I go to, to India sometimes. They're like, ah, he's from London. He's <laughs> English.
3: Wait. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I also think that we have to consider, and I, too often we don't. Um, I about the US,
2: I've, been called, uh, I've been called Jamaican in the U.S before. I' I, right. have no idea.
3: Oh, wow.
2: I don't get that at all. <laughs>
3: yeah. I don't
4: I've
2: pick up the American, accent. I've been called uh, uh, Asian all sorts of things, but I'm like, I'm just me. Yeah. Don't, make yeah. up a don't make up anything. This is me. I mm-hmm. You want to call me a pe- nickname, the only one that's allowed to is my wife, because I have to bow down to her seniority, uh, <laughs> my wife, and happy wife, happy <laughs> wife stuff. But prudent, very prudent. things we have to agree with, right? But again, it's, so what? But I took it as when someone called me Jamaican, okay, maybe I fit it into being called Jamaican. What is Jamaican?
0: Well- I have a question then on top of that is what, what can we ask? Like Matthew, if I were to see you or if I were to be a friend of yours or we, we were just a new acquaintance, right? And I wanted to ask you if you were part of the LGBTQ plus community, would that be okay if I asked?
1: I mean, I'm, I don't, I'm not one to be easily offended, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, why not? You know, I. But at the same time, it depends on the setting. Because if we are at work, why should that change anything? You know, like some, I sometimes you're lucky enough to make really great friends at work, and that's a blessing. Yeah. But predominantly, you your coworkers, especially when you're working for large corporations. You know, like like my previous one. If anybody asked me that, I'd be like, okay. But it's also because I, I also knew in, in which in which playground we were playing. Right, because mm-hmm. um, you have to be very conscious of where of where you are because you one as a Hispanic male, you know you have to you have to be very cautious on the words that you're using and how and how strong you're going to come off because you might offend people easily, and yeah. two
5: do you as, mean in Spanish or in english Matthew? In both yeah
1: <laughs> <laughs> um but it, as a as a gay man though you go into a meeting and oftentimes it's it's obvious like i'm I'm you know and sometimes yeah it is obvious i 'm going to come in and hey if I want to wear a scarf i 'll wear a scarf if I want to wear a brooch i 'll wear a brooch If my brooch is offensive to you, sounds like a personal problem but yeah, at the that's end, right. you know i you know it 's about you can ask and i 'm never going to be offended by it, mm-hmm. but it 's the connotation in which you 're asking that 's going to offend me or not
3: yeah well, and and I, I, think I, we, I think we have to take into consideration too that society has um, been Tends to put the responsibility of ignorance on the ignorant, and it's not necessarily their entire responsibility that they may be ignorant because intentions do play play a factor. If they're saying something and they're using a term that is commonly known, um, but their intentions are very clearly not derogatory, where is our responsibility as those people who are who are part of that those you know underrepresented groups to? Understand the other side and understand that and be and be just as accepting of that and help educate, yeah. So versus just blame. So right. I think that that's a big deal. Yeah,
2: Greg mentioned earlier that look, these are the conversations. It is as it is. If the if a term is being used that we overhear or we're part of that conversation, let's stop there and let's empower the other person and start changing those the people that they interact with, with those words and say, look, rather than using it in this context, try using it in this, which alleviates the impact of the word that they use it to be yeah. more, I don't really want to say inclusive, but it's more diverse, maybe. <laughs> include everyone. So. Yeah. And that's
0: that's a really good segue into the next part of the discussion. Um, but just to you know, add on to that. And the reason why I was asking you whether I can ask that question is because some people just want to know that much more about you.
1: Right. You know, but I will say one more thing on that, Sarah, though. Sometimes it, it I would say it's okay to ask pronouns as well. You know? Like? Like w- whether it's going to be he, she, they, or them.
0: So that was, uh, it was actually something I wanted to bring up before because I'm seeing more of that on LinkedIn. Can you... Talk a little bit more about that. Like, why are people putting him? Is it him, her?
1: So it's yeah, it's him, him, and so it's him, her, they, them, right? So uh, he, him, are, are like the the masculine. Then you know you have the feminine. Then the the they, them. It's it's very even for somebody part of the community. It's it's also a challenge to understand it from a grammatical perspective. Right. And that's when uh, Holly said the word education, I was like bingo token word education because. That's where we're missing a lot on. Um, and when when people in the community who who want to identify as non-binary, they don't want to be he or she, right? They don't they don't pertain to any of them because it's so it's it it tells the world that they are a heteronormative male, a heteronormative female. Well, what if they're not? And again, it comes back down to this community trying to break down all those those walls that set, yeah. put us into those boxes and. <clears throat> even for me, I had to stop and educate myself and say, well, how do I use this, right? Because my best friend tells me, Matt, I'm not she anymore. They, them, you know, that's, that's, that's how I want to be identified because I don't identify with everything that is in that she pronoun. So with that in mind, you know, I started to think about, well, how do I, how do I use this grammatically speaking, right? Because that's not since kindergarten, we've been learning grammar. How do we use that? And we, we use it naturally already. You know, if I say, if I tell um, Hope, hey, hey, Hope, uh, Sarah is bringing her friend, but I don't know their name. We just said their name. Mm-hmm. You know? We just applied that pronoun to that person. And we said mm-hmm. their name without applying a gender to that. Right. And so for me, I needed to educate myself and say, well, how do I go about this? And so I was asking my friends who are, who are non-binary and how, which pronoun would you prefer I use? And all the feedback I got from them was, you know, I appreciate that you asked me. Mm -hmm. feel free to ask me my pronoun that's okay because just because it's a straight man doesn't mean that he wants to be he maybe he wants to be you know gender non-conforming maybe he wants to say i'm just a person i don't want to be in your small-minded perspective of it's only he or she labeled exactly and so that's Mm -hmm. the problem It's, it's coming back to the labels and so to answer your question yes ask me yeah You know, from, if it's a, if it's a personal, if it's, we're just getting to know each other, feel free to ask me. I'm never going to get offended. That's who I am. I, you know, this is, this is me. You take it. Well, and
0: sometimes it's the only way to educate, right? Because we talk about the labels like the word minority, and that's an overarching label. That labels a lot of different people in a lot of respective parts of this community. But then we also want to get to identity, which is our self-identity, and look at people holistically and figure out how they identify and what labels they want to have on themselves. And so I think that there's a really big distinctive opportunity here, rather than overarching labels, you know, talking to people one-on-one, getting to know who they are, and, you know, um, talking to them, working with them, how they want to be seen, identified, and potentially labeled. So my next two words for you are the ones that I wanted to start this discussion on, but I think we're going to end on them. So diversity and inclusion. Those are two very distinctive words. There's words that are thrown out a lot. And I want to know from you what those words actually mean to you. So let's start with diversity. Um, because obviously, for me, I think diversity means we've got diversity of thought. We've got diversity of culture, background, race. Um, but I want to hear from you guys. So Hope, let's start with you.
4: So for me, diversity definitely plays right into what you just said for me when I hear diversity I hear that um as a person I'm multifaceted um I can do multiple different things at one time I can flex um and as a business owner same thing in my field which is logistics um you need to diversify your services and not offer just one service offering. So for me, it's trucking, it's warehousing, it's storage, it's freight brokering, it's all these different things. That's what I hear when I hear the word diversity, but the word, but the definition that's given is, oh, she's a black female that owns a freight brokerage.
0: Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Yes. Greg, yeah. what does diversity mean to you?
5: To me, it, it, Look, my mother was an English teacher, so a lot of this is really difficult for me because I was taught the rules and rote of the English language, right? But, um, but I see diversity based on its context. I mean, Hope just described a diversity of services. Mm-hmm. Um, I think most often we think of it now based on the definition that's thrown out there as it's this: it's bringing together a group of people with different viewpoints and different um, nationalities and lifestyles and whatever you want to call it, bringing them together to get to, uh, to get ideas and share ideas. To me, that has nothing to do with with color or gender or gender identification or nationality or any of that. It just It just has to do with the, to me, when I think of diversity, I guess I think of it most as a diversity of thought of multiple viewpoints. And I don't care. Everyone has a viewpoint. Even five old white guys in a room have diverse points of view, right? Um, But but I really value that we are now finally starting to have the conversation to bring groups like this together and to benefit from those diverse viewpoints
0: yeah well and everybody has the
5: worst definition ever
0: no it's fine (laughs) everybody has a
5: different
0: (laughs) everybody has a different journey of how they got there and different experiences and different things that they have experienced themselves in that journey and so no matter what, what that's really valuable yeah, and what background, race, culture, whatever that is, those thoughts and perspectives from that journey are always going to be diverse. So then let's move on to inclusion. Prakash, what does inclusion mean to you?
2: It's similar to diversity. <coughs> inclusion is just humanity, right?
0: Yeah. One
2: for all, all for one. I've got to quote uh, Daniel or wherever that, that phrase came from. That's right. The three musketeers, but it is one for all or all for one. Why do us as humans stop to to help, say, a lady pushing a pram or an elderly person crossing the road? But we can't stop to help someone who's maybe in a wheelchair or who who is just struggling
1: mm-hmm.
2: with day to day activities, or to stop and talk to someone who is potentially homeless. Uh, they may be homeless for. For a variety of reasons, current pandemic could be one reason. Mm -hmm. But inclusion is, you're a human. You've got a head, you've got the hands, legs, whatever you may may not have. You've got a thought process. Let's start having those conversations because at the end of the day, there's no right or wrong. It's just the the circumstances for which we've either been raised in or we've been exposed to more so, corporately, non-corporately. And just... Throw everyone into into the pressure pot and say, "Hey, we're all mixing together. We're all one. Let's move for that one goal, which is humanity and and longevity." Well all
3: said, all. Holly. Inclusion. Oh, so um, okay. So I'm actually going to start, if, if you don't mind. I'm, I will go back a little bit because I think it's. A, I think the diversity um, word is also something that I'd like to weigh in on. Okay. Um, so I actually grew up. Um, with my, my dad, who is, you know, I told you I was, I was uh, trans, racial adoption, and, and I was picked on when I was growing up uh, for my race, and my dad created this organization at my school that I didn't really understand at the time, but it was called a community organization recognizing diversity, and it wasn't, to me, it was kind of embarrassing, you know, when I was a kid.
5: Everything's <laughs> but, embarrassing right. when you're a kid, but your parents do, right?
3: But I, I have associated the word diversity with my culture, with race culture, I think, probably ever since then, because just like we all described here, it really depends on how you're raised, how you, what, your background. And so because of that um, scenario, I guess, in, in my youth, I associated that word, diversity. I mean, obviously, context, like we all said, plays a big factor, because if I'm talking about um, as Hope is talking about, uh, diversity in uh, supply chain is not exactly going to be the same. You know, I'll, I'll, th- I'll be thinking of those different things. But when we're talking about diversity and inclusion um, as it pertains to people, I do think of it from a more cultural standpoint. So we talk about inclusion. Uh, I am going to be a little uh, cheesy here, but I actually, this is where, like, this, this group is perfectly... Um, coined as blended because inclusion is the blend of all the different people, all the different cultures, all the different challenges it can be literally anything under the sun that makes us unique as individuals and it says this is all of us coming together and you know what we all have we all have similar challenges that we can relate to each other with we all have different challenges but you know what it's cool because we can all No, and I'm going to be that cheesy person, blend together, and still be, like, work. And that's what it means to me.
0: Well said. I love that. Matthew, last but not least, inclusion or diversity, whichever.
1: Um, I think, so I'm going to do a little bit of uh, Holly's move and talk about both quickly, because um, you can't have one without the other, in my opinion. Right. Because coming from a data and numbers perspective i think i'm an, i think i'm preaching more to people who are leading companies and even to you know to everyone really when you're when you're in a space where you're trying to include diversity and inclusion because when i think of diversity i think of percentage right if you're diversifying your portfolio we're talking percentage if we're talking you know even going back to college having a diverse campus what's the percentage right and so having a, a, a a nice collage of different people to make up those percentages. But then moving to the inclusion part, when I think of inclusion from a management perspective, I think of processes actually. And why do I think of processes? Because it's going back to that old saying that if the pain of staying the same isn't greater than change, you're not going to get any change. So how do you foster an environment where you have inclusion? Because for some people that isn't natural right so you need to set up a certain amount of processes that you know whether it's a happy hour or maybe it's a get to know your friend or sometimes i like to do talent shows with my team you're like okay we're singing today um and you know <laughs> not everybody won't sing sometimes, <laughs> sometimes your it's team. just fun stuff can i juggle <laughs> it's setting up it's setting up the foundation because people naturally are not going to be so inclined to be so accepting because of a number of different reasons right so I think really we need to think of it in two different ways. Diversity, yes, you have your percentage, but what do you do with that, right? What's the call to action? You then, you create your processes to then amplify that inclusion. Um, and really it's, it's accepting other people for who they are and, and what yes. they be in, in life and what they choose, but it's also setting up a foundation where you, they can also educate everyone around them on mm-hmm. where they come from. Not, and especially in the States, how many people especially in supply chain, how many people do you know that say, yeah, I travel here and I travel there and I travel everywhere on a, you know, on a quarterly or, or even weekly basis? Mm-hmm. Okay. So how are we to... Yeah, Ignorance is blissed in many ways, right? But at the same time, we can't expect people to know everything about me or what's socially right or accepted without setting up you know, an education system, going back to Holly's keyword, um, and, and really promoting you know, that acceptance in a managed kind of like processed way.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Sarah. Sorry, go
4: um, ahead. I'm sorry. I I proposed right when all of this climate started happening, right? You know, pre-COVID and everything. I proposed supply chain implement. I was in law enforcement for six and a half years. And one of the courses we had to take yearly was interpersonal skills. Um, And that allows people to... It allows you to have a conversation with a person from their standpoint um, and not from yours. So it, it allows you to engage in conversations, you know, twofold. Um, I really feel like supply chain um, and corporate period should implement some type of interpersonal diverse skills course that's yeah. re, you no know, required for their employees.
0: That's a great great point. That's a great point because in order for us to do what Matthew was saying was, you know, um, understand people for who they are and include them for who they are and not dismiss them for who mm-hmm. they are, we really need to be able to have that education and right. and be able to figure out what that means for us as well right. and how we can communicate that outwards as well as in words. So honestly, I could talk about this all day, but I'd better wrap it up because you all have homes to go to. So can each of you find, if you can give me a sum up of what's in a word, what should the audience walk away from this discussion thinking about one thing, one thing only. I know that's going to be difficult because we've been (laughs) talking about a lot today. Um, Holly, I'm going to start with you. One thing.
3: Yeah. Um, the one thing that I think that people should walk away from, not just this discussion, but really anything on this top on these topics going forward is open mind. Just keep an open mind. You know, uh, the more open-minded you are to ideas, to new, new, um, really anything to, to new people, to other cultures, the, the easier it is going to be to, to be educated or to educate people. Um, and so that, that would be the one that I would say. Perfect.
4: Hope. Um, everyone has a story. Um, just depends on which color crayons I use to color mine. Um, so just know, like she said, like Holly said, keep an open mind when you're talking with someone and you're interacting with someone. Because you may be surprised just because we have different skin colors, just how intertwined we are as human beings. I am a human. I am a beautiful woman. I'm not just a black woman. I'm just not identified
0: by the color of my skin. Awesome. Prakash?
2: Yeah, for me, it's similar to what uh, Hope and Holly have said is that let's, let's get to a place where we're not scared to ask the question. We're always encouraged to as, as kids, if you're not mm-hmm. sure, ask at what point did that, that terminology drop out of our brain and we took everything else in?
0: Yeah,
2: And there's no right or wrong, similar to what Matthew had said earlier, but let's just ask a question because that way you're showing that, okay, I'm not educated within this or I'm not well-versed within the right vernacular to use, but let's ask, but it's also within the contents. And there's no right or wrong because that's a subset we've created from our childhood. It's, the more we open and ask these, these difficult questions and, and those platforms like yourselves are creating, the more we can start normalizing these labels that we're putting on each other, within, be it in a corporate world and in, in our personal lives, the more we can just live openly, freely amongst one each other and just be completely free to be whoever we are born to be, which is outstanding.
0: Perfect. Perfect. Matthew, one thing.
1: Yeah, I think the one thing that, you know, if any, what I would say we should walk away with is take some time to self-reflect and break down those internal barriers that you may know and that you may not know you have, right? Mm -hmm. Think about things that don't really pertain to you and and bring it to school and bring it to work because you spend the most time there anyway, right? Yeah. People would say change happens, in, you know, in, at home. And no, it doesn't. How much, how much time do you actually like spend these days? You're spending a lot of days at home. But, <laughs> <laughs> right. That's right. Okay. Everything I, I, happens <laughs> at home now, Matthew. <laughs> exactly. But even with that, I talk, I talk more with my colleagues. And, I, and you know, my, my nephews talk more with their friends or their teacher than they do the family. Mm-hmm. So take time, reflect on that, but also implement that change where you're spending the most time.
0: Perfect. Well said. Last but not least, Greg.
5: Tell us, what's the one thing? Labels, and so you can bleep that. I made it easier for you to bleep. Actually, um, seek first to understand, which is essentially what we have all said here in, in a certain way. Everyone should read The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, but seek first to understand. Try to gain the other person's perspective before you project your own.
0: Yeah, communication and empathy, I think, are going to be the keys to moving forward and moving this dialogue forward into our our industry and into our respective corporations and into our lives. So that was amazing. Thank you to Matthew, Hope, Prakash, Holly, and Greg for joining me today. We covered a lot and there's so much value in this discussion. Take it back to your business, email a link to the podcast, to your boss, whatever you need to do to get these discussions in front of decision makers and help to inform industry the change for us all thanks again to our sponsors ships and apex for helping to make this show happen and whatever you do don't forget to join us again next month for episode two of blended i'm almost too excited you don't want to miss it we will be talking about stories and impacts thank you guys all so much for sharing your stories your authenticity and um, for help driving this important conversation forward thanks sarah thanks thank you. sarah